Wait, we have to ask ourselves a real question. Are we going to keep that footage or do we delete that footage? We're deleting that footage. Okay, cool. Gotta keep it. (laughs) If we're deleting it, then go on. All right, man. Listen, coming back to you live, nothing has happened yet. Welcome. Miles Xavier is here introducing this podcast for no particular reason. Listen, Lupe (laughs) Fiasco, great song, mural, fire track. Listen, I think Lupe is one of my inner voices when I like talk like i think there are artists that you listen to as a as a kid and for some people it might be authors or some people it might be movie characters right but like your internal voices that you develop uh you know i can i definitely hear lupe lines and say them for no reason all the time it touches on the the artistic elements of of hip-hop right and it is in fact the lyrical ability to be able to put words and string words together like that which baffles me how some people don't see hip-hop as an art form. I know that was a very old way of, of seeing hip hop. I, I still don't think it gets the respect that it needs, but I don't know if it's as dismissed as it was before. I think there was a time when very specifically, and well, hip hop continues to be like targeted by like media and by even like politicians, right? We spoke about how hip rap lyrics are admissible in court in Maryland now due to a case that was very recent. Uh, yeah, hip hop's always been a target, but I think there was a time when hip hop was fiercely responding to that to being a target in a lyrical way and in trying very intentionally to demonstrate what it could do and what it could be in the face of being dismissed as violent or aggressive or detrimental to the communities that make it, right? Yeah. I think now it's done, it, it overdid it, right? We have so much amazing hip hop from the golden age of hip hop from the 90s and from the 2000s and even artists that have carried on that tradition into today that I think so much that hip hop doesn't have to make that point anymore there's too much you could point to kendrick's won a pulitzer for lyrics like white society has accepted okay we get it hip-hop really does carry a powerful message it has the ability to move the people uh in the ways that any genre of music before it has right so i think that fight has been won so much that now hip-hop is kind of it's not it's certainly not fighting that fight on all fronts anymore and i think that's Mm -hmm. a good thing so it allows creatives to be creative but it also means that a lot of the hip hop that would speak to it continuing to be a lyrical art gets buried under the more creative pop stuff. That's not the vibey yeah. stuff. The vibey stuff. The vibey stuff will always win in hip hop. And before we even dive nose deep into a conversation of hip hop, which is by far our favorite things to do on this podcast, I think it's extremely important off the back to absolutely welcome, welcome, welcome everybody for joining us on the All The Way Live podcast today, man. This is a beautiful day from South Africa. It's a beautiful day from Chicago. I said South Africa, very American life, by the way. South Africa. Do you hear that? <laughs> yeah, it's, I think saying it is specifically something that you should say, being from there, as like you're from there. You know what I mean? So, How does that sound know, to you? Dude, you're, you're, my, you're my bro, man. I like, I, as somebody who I hear talk all the time and have a podcast with, like, I think, I think I'm... I don't know, man. It's, I, I want to be able to imitate your voice, but I can't. <laughs> Nonetheless, welcome absolutely everybody to the All The Way Live podcast, man. This is nothing more than a conversation between two brothers, between two best friends, between two black men, carefully curating conversations for your cranium. And we do that every week. So be sure to follow us on the places that you can follow us. Like, comment, we're everywhere on your DSPs. Check your phone. We're probably in your phone right now. Probably, I mean, definitely. You know what I'm saying? We're available. You know what I mean? 
me more so than him, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> and we'll dive into that later. How we've carefully curated this show for you guys, as we do every single week, man, is to break it up into three different sections. And those three different sections are stumble upon. This is where me and Miles talk about some of the thoughts, concepts, ideas that have inspired us, that have entertained us over the week, things that we find fascinating, and we bring that over to the people. And then from there, we move into current news. Now, on current news, this is where we reach at the absolute top, absolute the top of, what, of, of, of what's relevant in, in news. Uh, we apply ourselves, we apply our brains and our time to be able to understand it and decipher it for y'all, man. And how we're going to do that this week is by touching on the Texas snowstorm blizzards that are going on throughout the U.S. I believe that there's a deep, darker conversation surrounding that. For sure, because their power's out, so it's darker shit, definitely. You see, and this is the seriousness <laughs> that you can expect from every All The Way Live podcast. <laughs> Moving from there, man, we got Recommended and Review, and Recommended and Review is our favorite part of the show. Miles, tell them why it's our favorite part of the show, please. Because we get to talk to the people and react to the people, the people choice. Speaking of people, I was also alerted to the fact that we say people a lot in this show. All right, folk. Kim folk. <laughs> oh, no. Come on, man. What y'all want, man? Nation. Live Nation. What's good with y'all? What's up, Live Nation? I like that. I like that. That's like a young community. Live Nation. And our recommenders and review today, we're going to be breaking down a whole lot of music that came out, man. Listen, we've got an absolutely exciting show. Um, how we've structured the stumble upon conversation today is kind of a fun, interesting way. We've realized, bro, there's way too much news happening around us. Now that we're jumping into this whole stumble upon thing, man, um, let's explain to the people exactly type of the type of stumble, the special stumble upon edition that we got for them today. We appreciate our audience. Why? Because y'all are nimble, man. Because y'all can adapt. We're gonna throw something a little different at y'all. So what we're gonna stumble upon today? We got a lot of topics. So what we're gonna do? So we're going to run through the topics, but the ones that we want to stick to, we're going to be like, hold up, pause on them, do a little deep dive. For the ones that we want to just pass, we're going to be appreciative, show gratitude. Thank you, but no thank you. Keep it moving. Yeah. Hope that rocks with y'all. We're going to see what that do. We're going to get right to it. Here's an example, right? Mm-hmm. Kim and Kanye officially filed for divorce yesterday. I don't particularly want to hang on to that. We can move along. You get that. Right. That's us shooting the idea down. <laughs> right. Now, pick a topic that you would like to get into, maybe. Give an example. I got you. How about this? Um, WhatsApp reveals what happens to users who don't agree to upcoming policy and privacy changes. Ooh, okay. So then when we know that my brother is about to get into something we want to get into. Yo, nigga, your brother told us how you be all into reading and shit. Hey, that's some real good shit, my nigga, for real. Congratulations, nigga. Cool, we found a topic my brother's gonna get into. <laughs> Yo, that is absolutely brilliant, man. Thank you for congratulating me on reading, Miles. And in order to... uh in order to honor that congratulations and that praise, man, what has happened is that according to an email seen by TechCrunch to one of the merchant partners, WhatsApp said it will slowly ask users who have not yet accepted the policy changes to comply with the new terms over the upcoming weeks in order to have full functionality of WhatsApp starting May 15th. So essentially what is happening, and we had touched on this on a previous episode, is, essentially, is um, WhatsApp now adding in these different security features. Now, on these security features, we had seen that there was a mass exodus of people that were leaving the website to be able to join some of the alternatives, such as Telegram, such as 
Yeah, I didn't know you. You got all the such as a sound. <laughs> I ain't okay. never heard of Telegram. So, <laughs> tele- Telegram has previously been actually an app where like people used to like um, buy and sell drugs. You know, that's not how I know it. Of course, mine is strictly professional, um, not for the same related reasons, some separate reasons, but professional nonetheless. But you know, that's that's kind of how it was before. Now people are moving on to it. It like disappears after an hour or after a day. That was my seamlessly convincing brother. Uh, I am getting Silk Road vibes from that, right? On like a phone version, something similar to that, right? Yeah, a, a little bit because like for and for people that don't know what don't know what Silk Road, Silk Road was, Silk Road was essentially the first. I got um, a whole bunch of Slick Road jokes for you, but go on. Listen, man, uh, Silk Road was the first. Let's say it was a drug marketplace, right? You'd go onto Silk Road in order to to purchase illicit substances, and it was the what was it on the dark web? I don't recall. Yeah, yeah it yeah, was yeah. on the dark web. Yes, it was on dark web, but it was a very reliable the service provider. So I've been told. So WhatsApp is remind us what doing what again to differentiate itself from these other more underground sources. So it's oh, not. Just, so essentially, WhatsApp introduced these new WhatsApp introduced these new security security features that we're going to put onto the phone, right? And I think a combination of mistrust in general big tech and big data, and the misuse and information of our private uh, of the misuse of our information for their private gain is something that has caused a lot of distrust in the consumer. And so, because of that reason introducing these new updates which would now allow whatsapp to open up a lot more of its data usage so that it can connect with the parent company of facebook and instagram because they're all owned by zuckerberg um and I, it's it's more so of a plot of a play in order to introduce commerce into whatsapp which is uh, where whatsapp is going um in order for whatsapp to even introduce commerce they have to start by introducing themselves onto whatsapp and i'm sure a lot of people have seen the status updates that are now on WhatsApp. So that is a step one introduction into WhatsApp being able to give you information without you necessarily requesting it, which eventually will lead to them selling you things without you necessarily having to request it. Stay woke. Gotcha. Yeah, well, that's the that's the principle that all of these social media giants are moving towards, right, is selling your data, selling to be able to sell you targeted advertising, mm-hmm. right? And... It's really interesting to look at like just all these different there's different ways that they are trying to get ahead of making you trying to make you comfortable as you sign away your rights to yourself, right? As somebody whose entire career has been built on data, it is supremely valuable right? Like every job that I've had has been data analysis, has been collecting data uh, and using it to like tell stories, right? They are selling as much of your data as they can. Your likes, your age, where you go to school, where you shop, where you, what websites you visit, and they're going to sell it back to you. And I feel like on this podcast, we've said that multiple times. I've said that multiple times, but I feel like it's just really important to pay attention to what they're requesting and how much of yourself you're putting out there, because at a certain point you're going to have to buy it back, not to have that information accessible to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of just going off of the back of what they use that data for is obviously to, to sell you stuff, like you said. So in this particular instance with WhatsApp, not to make this a WhatsApp 
you know, not to just dedicate too much time to WhatsApp, but essentially you have what is arguably, not arguably, one of the largest apps, apps usage, right? And I think the statistic was that 200, 300 million people use what, 200 million downloads of WhatsApp. I was about to be like, yeah. And then your face was like, uh, and I was like, mm, I, stay be, I, I stay be doing that. I think I stay be doing that. Um, so, um, do it. Take the landing. so essentially there's billions of, there's billions of users on Facebook and there's hundreds of millions of users on WhatsApp and WhatsApp is massive outside of the U S right. So you have one of the largest used apps that does not necessarily have monetary value. How does WhatsApp get its money? It's a free app that people um, are just utilizing, right? So obviously, eventually, being the, um, being the business that it is, WhatsApp has to be able to make money. And in order for that to happen, more so than, let's say, the data that they're selling, for, the data that uh, they take and sell that we provide on, when we log into those WhatsApp websites, they now need to be able to sell things back to us. And what we understand about consumer psychology is that you can't just, you can't just completely change an app that a lot of people are using. That is a very sensitive thing to do. When um, Facebook introduced the like button, we were there. I remember when Facebook introduced the like button, right? It was a thing. It was a, it was a moment. They changed it, right? So with this WhatsApp thing, man, they, they want to sell you stuff. That's how it goes. You use that information uh, as you will. Cool. Thank you. Next. My good sir. Nah, listen, man. COVID-19 has been a horrible, chaotic crisis that has ravaged communities across the world. So in response to that, the federal government granted the city of Chicago $403 million. 65% of that $403 million for COVID relief funding went to what organization, Brothers Way? Um, did it go to the Chicago Youth Center for Violence Prevention, Miles Xavier? Big no. That's <laughs> <Yes> again. <laughs> did, it, did it go to the many struggling communities that upkeep the Chicago youth and uh, communities? In some ways, maybe, hopefully, but not the 65% that I'm talking about. Oh, Miles, I know, I know. It definitely went to the crippling school system in Chicago that is seeing an unprecedented amount of kids drop out and even higher rate of, stu- of teachers not being available to go into those schools. Surely it went there. That would make sense. That would make a lot of sense. But nope, didn't go to CPS. Hmm. But you're close. You're real close. Kind of. Real close and real not close, right? My brother's way is not from Chicago, but I've had the honor of housing him here and he's gotten a chance to explore the city and experience the city. Uh, The city has had the amazing pleasure of being able to experience him. And I think that it's amazing to be, it's amazing to me that he can come up with these different places for this money to have gone that I think might be less of a question mark than where it actually went. Where it actually went, 65% of this $403 million, which is $281.5 million of COVID relief funding, went to the Chicago Police Department. Hmm. Now, Miles Xavier. You're- we've, we've heard of defund the police for 
a long time. Now, not that might not necessarily be a sentiment that I fully endorse. I believe that the reasoning behind it makes sense, which is that a lot of capital goes into that institution and a lot of the other things, a lot of the other organizations and sectors within the Chicago community um, are left to be significantly dilapidated and ignored to the point where it is almost ensuring a generation of uneducated and more likely um, uh, uh, imprisoned youth. Correct. Interesting. What does that mean to you as a Chicagoan and an activist? To me, it means that there's, especially considering Lori Lightfoot, our mayor, is a Black woman, right? I think it means that structurally, the all things point toward entrenching the status quo. And I think the police enforce that status quo. So even when the budget was announced a few months ago, with a decrease in funding for the Chicago Police Department to still an extreme portion of the budget, and I wish I still had those facts from that episode, but I think it means that one way or another, whether the people want them to or not, they're going to find a way to continue to place, to continue to enforce the status quo, right? Even with people in the streets saying defund the police, even with people clearly expressing that the reallocation of funds from the police to other people that are able to respond to crises is something that the people are demanding. And I'm sorry if I'm saying the people, the people, the people, but it's people dying at the hands of the police, right? It's people that are, that are going through mental health challenges that whose family members need to call somebody to help them through this mental health challenge and have no alternative but to call the police. Now, if you're black, how do you, how does that, how does that make you feel, right? When you call 911 and you can't be sure that they won't send a police officer to deal with your person who's dealing with a mental health crisis, Mm. right? When this money is continued to be poured into the same place where we've seen the results of over-policing and over-surveillance, we've seen that re-traumatize people. We've seen that ensure that families continue to be fragmented and aren't able to build the connections and, and, and find the pathways in their community to recover because they're too busy caring for other people that are going through incarceration or being or on probation or can't work or and people that can't vote and participate in systems the way they want to. I think that we're, we know that throwing more money at the police isn't the solution. We continue to do it anyway. And that's why it's frustrating. Yeah. And I think that's that's where a big frustration has always come from with the sentiment of defund the police, right? If you look at just if you look at the messaging, um, you can find a lot of holes in the concept of defund the police, you know. And you can also make a very strong argument that the police needs to be funded more um, for giving them training that allows them to select a wider pool of people, train them so that they go through mental health and um, and, and uh, de de-escalation courses and and things of that nature, but 
what the frustration comes from, from the people is being in the communities and realizing that something as simple as increasing the, as increasing the, the options of schools that uh, children get, get to go to is a massive, massive, it will have massive impact on, the, on those communities. And seeing so many of those types of issues that if they had gotten even a portion of what goes total to the police, it could solve some of the major issues that are happening. Now, we're not saying that putting cash into a particular area solves the, the violence rate in Chicago, the, 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 the crime rate in Chicago. But however, in order for you to be able to solve those things, it has been shown throughout history that being able to invest in the infrastructure, in the people, in the youth, allows for that place to be able to have a, a, a greater chance of coming out of, of, of poverty. So that, that's a, that, that, that was, a, that was a, good, a good news no, that was a good news thing to be able to bring up because it does touch on what was a very... People forget that Black Lives Matter movement wasn't that long ago, dude. Like, we've been through a lot over these last two years, but it, it's less than... It's, le- it's been less than eight months since that happened. I think that's the problem is that we're already talking about it in the past tense, mm. right? You know, like, I think... And I think that's what this demonstrates and that's why it's so frustrating is... You're right, like... It's cold. It's snowing outside. So people aren't in the streets. And I think for them to, this wasn't announced by the mayor. This wasn't, this wasn't put out for the people as she addressed the public. This was in a, a communication sent to the aldermen that leaked on social media. So I think that that speaks to the level of transparency, the, the sincerity that the that and and illinois and chicago politics have been corrupt forever right but i think it speaks to the entrenchment of that and i think it speaks to the fact that we can have a black woman in office that doesn't necessarily mean that that is gonna change right and i and i and i think that there are certainly details that we're that we're not getting into in terms of over time that police officers did for covid for other other funding issues that have meant that police officer salaries have been leaning on support that what isn't there anymore that has been diverted to other things but 65% of the covid relief budget blatantly indicates that we're leaning too much on the police period mm, mm. i period. hear you funding the police too much period and i'm that's that is what it is all right, brother Mouse, keeping the show going along, my man. Thank you for that. Is I'm gonna throw a few more, a few more uh, topics at you. You're gonna tell me which one we are gonna hold up and which one we're gonna. Thank you. But Thank you. Like... There you go. <laughs> there you go. I right, cool. Uh, Naomi Osaka cruises to second Australian Open title. Congratulations. I don't have a deep dive on this though. We don't need to. Thank She's you. brilliant. Next. Yeah. Cool. She's brilliant. She's next up. Have a look. The sport. The sport's gonna be black again, y'all. Have fun with that. Word. Next. Speaking of black people coming into things, um, Harry and Meghan Markle make final split with British royal family. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, let's see. We have Australia versus Facebook. Uh, Facebook has barred Australians from finding or sharing news on its platform. Ah. See, now here we are. At, we're right back around again. Here we are at the, the companies that are. They, yeah, now your friend, man. But go on. 
Okay, if that's a go on topic, allow me to read this from the conversation. And what the conversation says, um, can I get a thank you for reading one time before I dive right into this? Yo, nigga, your brother told us how you be all into reading this Hey, that's some real good shit, my nigga, for real. Congratulations, nigga. Thank you. I appreciate that. Wow, that that is my favorite thing. That's my favorite. That brings me so much joy. You don't even know. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, brilliant. All right. So reading from the Scientific American. Facebook has barred Australians from finding or sharing news on its platform. In response to an Australian government proposal to require social media, social media networks to pay journalism organizations for their content, the move is already reducing online readership of Australian news sites. Similar to what happened in Facebook, when Facebook suspended Donald Trump's account in January, the fight with Australia is again rising debate around social media net, networks, enormous control over people's access to information. Australia's Prime Minister Scott Morrison says his country will not be intimidated by an American tech company. Facebook has 2.26 billion users and most of them live outside of the United States, according to the company. India, Indonesia, Brazil, Mexico, and Philippines are home to most Facebook users outside of Europe. So they're stopping the transmission of news via Facebook on, in Australia. That's correct. On the, on the basis of wanting people to pay Wanting, presumably, Facebook to pay journalists, right? That's correct. That's correct. It seems like the Australian government's now proposing that social media, Facebook in particular, has to pay journalists for the content that they put onto social media. Now, this sparks a very interesting conversation regarding the monetization on digital platforms right? Like what is, what does it mean to make money off of digital platforms? And when, when you're in a marketplace and a lot of people are giving off content and information for free, who deserves to, who deserves to have a legitimate monetary attachment to the institution that, that platform, uh, of that platform, right? Of that marketplace. So who, 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 who's allowed to actually, who, who, who deserves to make money from this and how did they do it? Is, is what it leads me to think about. From bringing news to the people. From bringing news to people. Because the complication with this particular issue is that there's a lot of free information on the internet. A lot of people can become journalists. A lot of people are podcasters. A lot of people are giving news. And it's very easy to be able to start a news company, per se. I say that as somebody that's never started one, and I'm assuming, and I could be grossly wrong. However, it's my assumption. I'm sticking to it. So, <laughs> but like the, the reality of it is creating institutions is easier by virtue of an, an increase in the access of information, an increase in the access of resources. Um, it allows us to be able to put these types of things together. We started a production. This is, this is a live house as a production company that we started as two black boys in, in different continents, right? It's, it's, where that had previously been something that had been reserved for a very private group of people, it is now something that's open. So, with the Facebook, um, with, with 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 Facebook not uh, with Australia proposing that Facebook pays uh, media networks, it, I'm I'm not I'm not completely against against that. I'll, I'll always err on the side of creators being compensated. Yeah, I think. I, I, there's so much that goes behind that. I, I, are they being paid just like a licensing fee? So 
now Facebook just pays CNN, Al Jazeera, BBC, like to because people post and share content from their websites on Facebook, or are they paying based on like per post? Are they, you know what I mean? And the other thing about that is okay, if what happens to smaller news outlets that don't necessarily have the ability to communicate with a Facebook mm. or, or wouldn't be noticed by a Facebook. Are they now free on Facebook or are they not able to be posted and shared because they don't have an agreement with Facebook and it's news source licensing. So I think there's something to be said for, I'm somebody who, yeah, there's a lot of information that's free on the internet, but as somebody who actually clicks through a lot of the articles, right, the headlines and stuff, often you run into, it'd be January 3rd and New York Times is telling me, you've used your one view subscription of the month to see a New York Times article. You know what I mean? And I think that speaks to these larger news outlets struggling because of the internet, but it also speaks to a place where, all right, well, who's going to have access to news now? if the price always gets passed on to the consumer. So if Facebook has to start paying, then they're going to make make us start paying, right? Or you have to be a, guess what? Super unblocked data member. You can, you're, you're able to use all of your data and you have access to all the information. Oh, look at that. Look at yeah. that. Selling it back to you. And I think people struggle with this, especially with news outlets, because we shouldn't forget the big, distrust period that we had with with news outlets right there you know fake news for instance and um, a lot of it actually was exposed and brought up with um the president the the not the president's presidential run of donald trump right and seeing the and, and seeing just the, the 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 mix and the mix up of all of this news that we had relied on which was always indicating one outcome which is that he would lose and then seeing seeing him win, which what which I don't think is the first uh offense that the media has done to people to 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 for us to distrust them, but it definitely added to it. And then you get into the Trump era. Man, this Trump era was wild. But you get into the Trump era and on the Trump era the, the news is almost incestuously obsessed with Trump and cannot break itself away from solely dedicating their time, their airtime and their content towards Trump. And within that, a lot of fake news also came out from that, right? And then you go onto the you go onto the CNN websites and you scroll down a few scrolls and at the bottom it looks like a Twitter feed. It's like the the sex club in Italy. What? What? <laughs> this CNN, what are you talking about? You know, so it's it's I understand people's frustration with 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 news outlets. However, comp- we got to compensate creators, man. We got to compensate creators. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think personally, I would be somebody who would say that I would encourage creators to go and create, right? Don't depend on a CNN. Don't depend on a, a bigger, you know, we're not aiming for these. Somebody who wants to be a journalist, I don't think should be aiming to be the, the anchor on CNN. Should be like, you can be so something so much greater, something so much more unique now. Like the sky's the limit and you can own it, right? Yeah. And so another thing that I would be cautious of, of with these larger companies with, you know, 
having the New York Times and the Washington Post and all of these things now filtered through Facebook is algorithm is now picking apart news to, uh, directly. Like now people, as of now, people kind of receive them separately. If somebody sees some news on one of these websites, crops, posts, and chops the clip and puts it on a social media site. Now that there, it's coming to us immediately chopped up. I don't think short. I don't think shorter form content is the way that. I think it's certainly the way things are going, but I don't think it's the right direction for news to go. I don't think it's the right direction for serious information to go. I don't want. I don't. I don't. I think that we are doing something very dangerous when we put our serious headlines right next to our our memes. Right. Like I think that we there's a blurred line of of. Yeah, as we talked about what's actionable, what's inactionable, what's real and what's not. And when you mix all of those things in a place like social media, like Facebook, like Instagram, like TikTok, in a short form where it's all 30 second blurbs, everything becomes inactionable. And I I would caution against us diving right into that. And I love the point that you made on how the the danger of short form information and media, especially when we've seen what Cambridge Analytica could do when it literally has an algorithm that allows it to create bots and fake news informations and fake news updates, literally be able to gauge by the data of the of the users and the community and be able to tailor fake news in order for it to appeal to those people. That is terrifying that's absolutely terrifying right there it's like it's 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 absolutely it's absolutely frightening and so definitely they i'm not sure how we get to a point where real news and real information can actually rise to the top from all of this fluff however i echo my brother's sentiments twice thrice fold in saying that there's so many different ways for people to be able to get information out in today's day and era ownership is something that um is an option to a lot of people creating your own um you creating your own uh, organizations is a great way to do it and maybe we should get uh, a writer and somebody within the media space that we can talk to that can um break down to us how difficult it is to be able to start something like that and monetizing information in that manner yeah, there's all all the options in the world, man. Freelance, you can. There's so many different ways that you can build yourself up now. Um, but yeah, I would I would be very interested to speak to somebody to hear what the take is on, you know, wanting to be. What 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 is the? Uh, I don't want to say holy grail because that sounds corny, but what is the pinnacle of? journalism in terms of professionalism in terms of your professional career what do people look toward who do people look to as you know bringing them that news in an age when 25 perceivable 25 percent of people get their news from social media it's crazy Um, giving people a plug there's an app called curio that allows that reads out to you in uh it's it's an audio form of reading newspaper articles man shout out to my uncle for putting me onto that that is a great great way to be able to take in information that doesn't require people to just sit there and read articles um and and just read newspapers because i know that's not something that people enjoy a lot check out curio and curio if you have a bag for us for being able to plug you you go ahead and you send it right down to the all the way live bank account you get that to us we know exactly what to do with it that's right here at all the way live we curious about that bag 
<laughs> Yo, Miles, lead us in, give us some give us some uh some topics, man. Let's get one more in for these people, bro. All right, man. Listen, listen, listen. What you want? You want you want uh we got two different types of orange, man. What you want? You want out of space orange or you want right here, right here on Earth orange, man? Let me hear both of them and then we'll decide with the people exactly what we're trying to get, which one makes sense. Out of space orange as they landed a rover on, on Mars, man. NASA done 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 sent another little rocket up there. This thing done made it through the atmosphere, it landed on Mars, man. It's taking all sorts of pictures. I heard it's recording audio up there, seeing if the aliens could be boxed. It's doing all sorts of crazy stuff, man. That's the uh, that's the outer space orange. Right here on planet Earth orange, we got Trump done got away again. He done stole second base. He done got and he done made uh what's it called? They've been impeached him twice and he done got away twice. He he done was uh what's it called? Not indicted. He was impeached. labeled yeah, impeached, right? And they didn't impeach him. He was acquitted. Uh, acquitted is the word I was looking for. So he got acquitted, but in the wake of him getting acquitted, some Republicans have had enough and they are saying we are not with these guys that support this orange man and his divisive tactics, and we are forming a party of us white people, Republicans, but we're not those mean Republicans and those bad Republicans. We are moral Republicans. And I think that that is an interesting topic as well. So which one? Headline, white man gets away with crime. Rich white man gets away with crime. <laughs> Full stop. Am I getting that headline right? You you are you are getting that right, but I think the more important underscore of that headline is uh, other rich other rich whites uh, conflicted. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, listen. On this occasion, I'm gonna stay out of white people's business, man. What they doing on Mars, bro? Break that down to me. But I always thought they were they were. And I don't want to jump over the Trump thing so carelessly, but you know we've had we've had many episodes breaking this down, man. We've we've had many uh many episodes. Go ahead and check some. Of, yeah, man. Go ahead and check some of those old episodes when we talk about Trump. We predicted that he was going to get away. Um, we broke down many reasons why he was going to get away. Um, what I don't know right now is what's happening on Mars, though. Nothing, man. They're just taking pictures, man. So basically, what the interesting part about the Mars thing is is that. That thing is a one ton, and it it comes in at twelve thousand miles per hour, and so they had to, they can't. But it's so long; it's three hundred thousand miles away. That's how far Mars is, y'all. I know all these facts off the top of my head. I'll be reading. You know what I'm saying? I will hit the congratulations. Drop a congratulations for yourself, Serena, bro. I'm just, I'm just spitting. So, uh, yeah. So Mars is three hundred thousand miles away, y'all. Dummies, of course. And so they can't communicate all the way over there. You know what I'm saying? It's like the 1900s telephone over there. They're like, yo. And then like 12 minutes later, the Mars rover be like, boop. And so they had to let that mug land itself. And so they could, and so it did it. And it landed on there. And I was taking pictures and recording the audio. And we're seeing some, I don't know, like 4K images of Mars and stuff. Not 4K. It's probably not 4K. But I don't know. We're seeing some cool stuff. Should we be focused on Mars? It's the question, though. As as a as a common idiot, we've we've had many rovers on Mars. This is not the first rover on Mars. Why is this one so special, though? It's the first one that we've landed in like ten years. 
Okay, so how long did it take for it to get there? Uh, how long does it take to get to Mars? 300,000 miles. Depend, hold on, depending on how fast you're going. Miles, are you not going to do quantum, mecha- <laughs> quantum mathematics right now off the top of your head? That's not what the people want to see. I love not, how you thought you can calculate how long it takes to Mars by pure estimation. <laughs> Let's not go back to the shark conversation. A little bit of thinking, and what did I come up with? The right answer. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, man. I saw Elon Musk on the Joe Rogan podcast talk about uh, colonizing Mars and definitely the and definitely how soon we'll be able to get um, commercial flights going in in and out of uh, space. He had an interesting quote. He said, "Getting uh, he said getting into getting out of space is easy. No, he says getting out of Earth is easy. Getting to space is difficult," um, which I found very interesting. The obsession, um, the obsession with Mars. I, I, I get it. I mean, we're we're explorers. We're people that we're, we're people that 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 explore. You know, I mean, that's how that's that's that that is within that is within us as people. You know, if you Yuval Noah breaks it down on on Sapiens, where he breaks down the the almost innate instincts for people to be able to migrate. The the fact that people started in Africa, first man is recorded in Africa, the cradle of mankind. Um, and then from there, you have now people in North America, Antarctica. That that is a, that is a, a massive genesis of a massive oasis. It's not genesis, oasis. A massive oasis, dude. <laughs> a massive oasis of people. A massive oasis. <laughs> it was a massive oasis of migrations <laughs> to the spaces where nations was formed. If you understand what we're saying. If you understand what we're saying, man. So I get that that's something that, that 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 is within us. However, if I do look at the problems that we have here on Earth, right? There's there's so much of Earth that we don't know about. There's so much of the oceans that we don't know about. There's so much technology and a lot of resources that can be applied in being able to solve that. Now, granted, Elon Musk is somebody that is invested in being able to solve some of those issues with um, space, with uh, Tesla and its uh, solar power batteries and things of that nature. There are a lot of countries that are not very that are very bad, however, are not too far off in our generation for being able to come out of the mass poverty that they have. And so seeing space travel and all that, I understand the importance of it and I'm not taking away of it. However, it, it is it it, it it does almost feel like um it does almost feel like a misallocation of funds. Yeah, I think there's definitely an argument for, you know. <laughs> Then I don't want to say I don't want to say <laughs> defund the astronauts, <laughs> but I think that there's I think that there's certain considerations for you know who what what are our focuses right if are we focused on because there's certainly a case to be made that climate change here is a much more direct and important thing that we need to address right uh, just ask anybody in Texas. What a smooth transition. What an absolutely smooth transition. I'm going to capitalize off of that smooth transition to introduce people to our current news segment of the day. Yeah. A, a current news drop when we fly over there, by the way. Current news section of the day. Miles, it's snowing all over the, UR, the United States. Texas, it's snowing. It doesn't snow in Texas. No, it doesn't. Not typically. Why, does this, why should I care about it snowing in Texas, though? Uh, one, they're handling it very poorly. Right. (laughs) 
I think you particularly have a lot of reasons to, to care about this particular story. So what's happening in Texas is they are experiencing Arctic weather and, you know, like freezing temperatures. And this doesn't typically happen in Texas. Nah, I mean, uh, so they're experiencing snow. And so people are, have been experiencing power outages. Now, why have people been experiencing power outages? People have been experiencing power outages because they typically, they mostly relied in Texas on natural gas. Now, the natural gas pipelines are freezing up and the turbines are not turbining. So that means that ain't nobody got no power. That means over 3 million people earlier this week didn't have power. Then it went down to 2 million people. Then it went down to 350,000 around Friday. People that did not, I've been to power. Wow. Um, As an energy specialist, what do you have to say about, what do you have to say to Texas? As an energy specialist, Miles Xavier, it's important that I address the people of Texas directly. People of Texas, fear not. Fear not. (laughs) I need to, we need to be more serious on the show if we ever want to monetize it. I need you to know. I need you to keep addressing the people of Texas because the people of Texas are now experiencing power cuts they're now doing um what's it called they are like rolling they're rolling back the amount of power that you can use in a given day to preserve power for the general community a little bit of snow doesn't turn texas to africa and i need you (laughs) as the african chamber of commerce energy specialist to tell texas what needs to happen Miles, a little bit of snow has not turned Texas into <laughs> Africa, brother. It's important that I make that distinction very clear. A little bit. <laughs> it is worlds apart in difference. But, hey, man, you're experiencing African symptoms for sure. Load shedding is something that we deal with every day here. Listen, every time we record this podcast, who knows when the government might come through and shut things down, right? Now, if we're, te- if we're talking about it from a technical point of view, obviously, um, and I'm glad that you highlighted the, the gas pipage of Texas, right? Texas is one of the major, excuse me, gas uh, producers. That's natural gas. <laughs> you a major gas producer. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. <wow. laughs> Listen, man. So Texas being natural gas, I'm about to get serious, man. I'm with, with Texas, um, so you have... Texas is one of the major gas producers of the U.S., therefore making it one of the major producers of natural gas in the world. Now, natural gas is the gas that we utilize in order to be able to heat our homes, is the, way, uh, is the gas in the U.S. that we utilize to be able to cook our food, and it's also, yeah, heating homes, cooking food, especially in the U.K. with the heating homes um, element of it. However, it is a power generator. Right, so you can convert this natural gas into conventional energy, into uh, conventional energy power. Now. With the pipelines that are freezing, what essentially that means is that the production of the gas that is being pumped out into um, into the homes and whatnot is being frozen, and it is now unable to fully uh, fully reach the the maximum production capacity of the power generators. Now, these power generators are the ones that actually put the electricity within to our company. They 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 intake the gas, and then from intaking that gas, they convert it into power that then comes into our homes. With those pipes getting cut, simple mathematics, it means that those power those uh, power gener- generators are not necessarily getting the power that they need. Now, in order to be able to offload some of the power, for instance, now if you have a power generation company and everybody turns on their lights at the same time and there's not enough power, that's going to be an issue. So in order to be able to manage that and maintain it, they'll do your load shedding, which is to shed the load off of 
the power um, off of the power generator, right? So that is essentially what's happening. The difference, Maz Xavier, and why Texas is not Africa, is that this is a natural, uh, this is a, 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 a natural disaster caused, natural disaster caused ha- uh, happened in, in Texas. Now, how they're handling that, you can talk to it. But as Africa, we are in this place because we have put ourselves in this place. This, ours, this is man-made blunder over here. Gotcha. So, hey, on behalf of the people of Texas, I would like to thank you. I feel like I thanked you on behalf of the people of Chicago, too, for pointing out some things that were, that were you know, lacking other places that funding could have went uh, in that situation. You are doing more for people in America than these white folks put together, man. Because I want to tell you. Nah, I'm serious, man. Because you know what the mayor of Colorado City, Texas said? Sorry. He said, I owe these people nothing and only the strong will survive. That's what he said. <laughs> you did not actually say that. Did, is, was that the yeah, actual response? Yeah, wow. <laughs> I saw Ted Cruz jumping to Cancun. Word, word. Now, as somebody who has definitely fleed to Cancun before, I've never done it when my people were in crisis, okay? I never did it when my people needed me to be there. You know what I'm saying? That's messed up, Ted Cruz. It's messed up. I have pictures of him with his wife all in the airport, trying to hide his face, little... Polo, <laughs> tropical shirt on, man. Hamburger meat hanging all out with the gold chain. It was like, oh, no, we done caught Ted Cruz, man. He slippers. Know? He was wearing flip-flops at the airport. Ted Cruz, you can always slippers at the airport on your way to a holiday, sir. No, man. People in Texas are freezing. They're without power. No, nah, but it's real. It's real. It's real um, in the sense of, besides, besides the mismanagement of it, um, climate change is real, man. Climate change is real. Um, it's hap- it, the climate has always been changing. You know, that's important. Like, a lot, and that's the argument that a lot of anti-climate change will say, like, well, it's always changing. Yeah, but now it's happening at a more accelerated rate. Now, we're seeing, we just experienced in South Africa what we can only describe as a monsoon, uh, a monsoon period. We had, we had heavy rainfall for, for weeks, right? Now, that's not something that necessarily occurs over here. Recently, there was snow that was blowing into some of the mountainous areas of Dubai. Right now, a lot of these things are occurring at rates that are unprecedented. I mean, the 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 heat that the heat waves that hit Italy before uh, that hit Europe before we went into lockdown. Um, we're talking about the snow levels that are that are coming into Chicago, the delayed winters that are going into New York, and then the even more uh, the even more aggressive winters that follow after that. It's 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 quite evident, and it's very hard for me to be able to comprehend people that don't understand. Yeah, man, wildfires in California, bro. You know, Australia too. Yeah, man, we've been. It's it's real. It's real, and uh, yeah. So I think that I think that ties in real nicely, man. With the with what the argument is with the Mars conversation is that we have so much to focus on here, uh, even though you know, as humans, I think our tendency is always to want to reach forward, want to you know, to colonize, right? Look at these white mm. people. You know what I mean? But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a cold. It's a cold. It's a cold day in Texas, man. I love Texas. Ooh, mm, 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 mm. I love me some Texas. That's a fun Texas place to be so in. So much culture, bro. So much culture. Too much. Too much. The people are beautiful. The food is good. It's, it's incredible. Ambiance. Love that ambiance, man. It's absolutely incredible. Hey, Miles Xavier, we've got a few more things to to move on to with this show, and we hope the people appreciated us being able to bring to you some of this carefully curated content that we've been going through, man. And if y'all like that, don't forget, please, please share this stuff to your people, man. Um, Share this stuff to your crowds. If you like these conversations that we'll be having, check out some of our mini clips on YouTube. We have so much content 
planned for you guys. So please be patient with us as we build this stuff out. But we have so many exciting ideas. I hear Miles and Zway might be doing some some video content soon, maybe. Hey, hey, hey. Tell them half the story. The rest, they fill it in. The rest, they fill it in. And we're going to bring that to you, man. Now, going into recommended and review, the people want us to be able to talk about um, some music again. I think music is back, man. I think music is back. It goes on a little hiatus around the holidays. People usually drop albums for Christmas and then January, the first couple of weeks are usually quiet. But we into February and I feel like it's been it's been real quiet other than Dirk, which that's a pretty good album. I like Dirk's album. But other than that, I feel like we haven't been really getting a lot of music up until this week. And maybe I'm biased because a lot of people that I like came out. But we got another album from Jim Jones who's been working, putting out. Yes. He put out a deluxe, not even three months ago. So He's been going crazy. Jim uh, Jones and Harry Fraud. Great producer, yeah. Harry Fraud, man. If we want to talk about cinematic hip-hop, if we want to talk about what hip-hop looks like, uh, what hip-hop, the, 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 the opera of hip-hop, the theatrics of hip-hop, man. Um, again, we talk about this being an art form. And if we want to discuss what a, a grand-sounding hip-hop sound is, that last Jim Jones Al Capo album, I haven't gone into this one too much, but um, from what he's produced before, I'm, I'm very happy with it. Yeah, man. And Jim Jones is also another example of of hip hop aging gracefully, bro. Like Jim Jones is he's getting he's getting rather man, I didn't want to even comment on his age. He's been in the game for a long time, bro. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's from diplomats from the like the nineties, bro. Jim Jones has been putting out albums that people regard very highly so for him to continue to do that uh up into 2021 just shows like that hip-hop can be so much right and so the conversation we had earlier about it may be tending toward a little bit more of the fluffy stuff i think it can it has room to be so many different kinds of things so shout out to jim jones for being one of my favorite kinds of things another favorite kind of thing that i had that come out man kevin gates uh Man, man, mm. oh, like, bro, Kevin Gates is one of the people, one of the artists that is definitely like, I started out liking the person a lot more than I liked the music. Just like in the interviews, I just liked his persona, like his his aura, but it translated into being a, be able to appreciate the energy in his music. And so it's mm-hmm. a lot, it's a, it's music that I find myself having fun listening to. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's music that I find, like, there's a lot of music that I listen to that I'm like, this is hard. I appreciate this. I want, like, I want to keep this. I like the energy level. But Kevin Gates is somebody who I find myself like agreeing with and laughing with, and you know, like enjoying that music on a on a more uh, dynamic range of emotions than most. Mm-hmm. So, uh, if you, I can also understand how it's not for everybody. But if you if you like Kevin Gates, the the new project, which I've been dancing around naming because I forgot. But uh, it's it's fire, man. I think it's I'm I'm a. Nah, nah, nah. Hold it down for me, King. Hold it down. Hey, man, listen. Then if on my side, man, if I have to shoot some, if I have to shoot some content to people, you already know that your boys were is the R and B my ass show. Um, um, the playlist, Poppy. Um, some some people call me the 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 bedroom music banger curator. 
I'm, I'm, okay, only I'm, the general I am, cartoon. I am so there. cutting that out. <laughs> I'm so, I just call myself the bedroom. Yeah, what? I had to interrupt that trade. Look at what happens. When I have to look at my phone for a few seconds. Yeah, damn it, look. We back at it. <laughs> only the general's part two. Kevin Gase, that's fire. That's fire, fire. The fraud department is the Jim Jones and Harry Fraud collab. Uh, and right before my brother gets into some hip hop, man, I want to talk about the Neek Bucks Neighborhood Hove album. Mm, mm. I like, I like that. I like that album. Neek, Neek is a Neek is a nice up and comer. Um, I appreciate his music. Um, I would compare Neek Bucks right now in where his place is in hip hop with Kerr. Um, I think they are almost neck and neck in terms of the music that they put out and their potential. I think this particular album doesn't strike me so much as the Church Gospel album. The Church Gospel album was. Fire, 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 fire. That loaded on there, man. That stuff is incredible. Um, this didn't hit me at the same way, the same way I felt about Kerr's um, first album into the next uh, album. I wasn't so crazy about the second one, but the potential is there. I appreciate this artist. Street music, gangster rap. I'm a fan. I'm the target market. Word. I think it's hard to translate as a as a, as a artist that makes more street-focused music from your first project or a, or a really complete body of work that uh, embodies hunger to a more mature body of work that embodies diversity and and a new range of experiences. And so while yeah, I agree that um, this album doesn't have the same hunger, doesn't have the same uh, in your face energy as the as the other as his other previous projects, I think it does show are uh, an artist that is trying to diversify the type of music that he can make to get to a place of uh uh i think there are stepping stones right of a dave east who shows that he can make kind of mm. slower more um introspective records as well as kind of club hits as well as music that's more targeted for you know the females um i think you see an artist grow into somebody like meek right who just did that flip of um did you hear that song? The flip, the the. I, I know, I know, I know what you, I know what you're talking about. But keep it pushing. Just experimenting with all different types of sounds, man. You know, Meek Mill. Who would have thought that he would have, you know, that dangerous that track with Jeremiah, one of the slow, sultry R&B records uh, of the year a couple years ago. Uh, same thing with that 24/7 with LMA. That song was in heavy, heavy rotation. Mm-hmm. So to so to see these street artists growing toward. Uh, being able to make music like that, I think I can appreciate a lot, a lot, a lot. Hit him with the R&B. Bedroom, hey, sultry-eyed, chestnut. Hey, man, that's me. Uh, chestnut Tones coming here to you. Um, now, going more so on the R&B side and the alternative side, I'm just going to shoot out a few names, man. Some things that um, crossed my path that are super, super fly. That Mad Lib's Sound Ancestors. Um, Mad Lib, legendary producer. Um, could produce some of my two favorite uh, collab albums with uh, Bandana and Pinata with Freddie Gibbs. Um, I think, bro, it's it's important to realize when a great is doing work and Madlib is undoubtedly a great. I mean, Madlib was producing for Jay back in the day. Madlib has been popping since the 90s, bro. Madlib is, is, is incredible. This is a pioneer of sound and hip hop. And if you want a masterclass on what sampling looks like, on what, on how deep it really gets to um, in terms of in terms of being able to utilize samples and creating unique sounds from them, Madlib is the way to go. While we're there, Mac Ayers album, that Mac Ayers album that came out 2021, Magic Eight Ball. I've already I've spoken the praises of this album before. I'll speak the praises of, of this album again. 
this is some um, very super, super solid R&B, man. Um, I think the R&B scene right now is absolutely promising, it is so, so exciting. There's so much great music that's coming out. Um, even, you know, hearing Don Tolliver step into the, into the R&B side of things and, and really embracing that. It, it's such an exciting time to be an R&B fan. And that Mac Ayers album undoubtedly is one of the reasons to be excited. And if I'm going to leave people with one more, that is that Monsieur Brown Shiroi album. That is nothing but dope beats. And it's not even hip hop too. It is, it is alternative. It, it, it's, it, I, I just love where electronic music has gone to. And it's not electronic in the dancey, dancey electronic way that we used to it, but it definitely is, is more, it, it takes on a more hip hop um, undertone to it, but it is such incredible music, heavy Afro beats influence. Um, if you're into hiatus coyote, you'd be into this type of stuff. If you're into, let's say, um, yeah, I think Hiatus Coyote is a very great, is, is, a, is a good line to be able to draw between those two. So, man, we, we've, we've given you guys a whole list of music, a whole list of music. Got them. Took care of them. And if I could give y'all one more thing to recommend a review in the spirit of this podcast and what we try to do, it would be to tell you that um, Bumble went public. Flipping the script, man. And I just wanted to put that out there as we encourage people to invest, man. You know, as my brother has told us before, uh, time in the market beats timing the market. So when a, when a company that uh, is relatable to people goes public, I think it's important just to acknowledge that. And if it's something that you use or believe in, then uh, definitely something. Why not put a little stock into it? You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, man. Uh, I want that. to just check stuff like that when we hear about IPOs and just tell people, hey, bro, you can invest. Keep it in people's mind. Yeah, 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 for sure. And also the the founder of Bumble, who is also a co-founder on Tinder, um, she is now the youngest self-made woman billionaire at 31, 30, is it 31 or 36 years old? One of those, man. That's beautiful to see. Again, it's a change of time. Things are opening. To her. Yeah, for sure. Things are opening. Fire, women. For sure. For sure. The fact that we're having young, self-made female billionaires um, speaks to the testament to the time is changing. We advocate um, ownership. We advocate, um, we advocate, you know, taking advantage of this change in tide. And again, it's another confirmation of what we say all the time, which is that, you know, this the opportunities are bountiful. The opportunities are bountiful. It's just about creating the right product. So, and we hope with the work that we put in, we've created the right product because we know. Oh, we're more than aware. Y'all had the option. Say thank you, but no thank you. Or you can hold up. Chill with us for a minute. Tuning in to the All The Way Live podcast, man. We appreciate y'all jumping into this celebration of life. Celebration of celebrating. Celebration of blackness. Zoe, don't it feel good to be black? My favorite thing. Look, man. We be trying new things, man. New formats. We had a lot for y'all today. If you are here listening to Hazelnut Tones and Chestnut Tones signing off, then it's all love, man. You know, peace, water, hug somebody, eat something delicious. We gone.